coming to you live on a Tuesday night. Doing your best Hot Rod Hunley impersonation. I am your host, Zach Hazeldine. Joined, as always, by host, co-creator, co-founder of your favorite Utah jazz podcast, All That Jazz, Ben Jones. You missed... A man who needs no introduction. You missed... The Rudy Gobert All-Star Campaign President, Ben Jones. Wow. Um, we're just going to cut right into the chase now and announce that this is the official Rudy Gobert to the All-Star Game podcast show. Yes. We are campaigning. It has officially begun. We're on the pan- campaign trail, mm-hmm. and it's hot. Not we're really. going door-to-door. We're going to have to pass out flyers. We're going to put stickers on, on our cars. We're going to do lots of stuff. The man deserves to be an all-star. Yeah, but it's uh, it's not looking so hot so far. It's not looking so hot. And we're going to dive into that on today's show. So we're doing a terrible job, We friends. usually don't really know what we're going to name a show until after we've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> but right now, I think the show may be called Rudy Gobert for the win. Or Rudy Gobert game winner. Or... Something along those lines, because Rudy Gobert has indeed been a beast. Um, Before we jump into that, though, I do have a few administrative things that I need to get out of the way. Yes, sir. Are you ready for this, Ben? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I need to do a very special call-out to our dear friends on Jazz Reddit. We have gained some momentum due to... Their responses, their liking, and their publicity of our show. And there's a couple names in particular that deserve call-out. One of them is HR Spectre 19 um, He responded to us talking about the show and, and promoting the show on Jazz Reddit. And he said, I have been waiting um, last week. And honestly, I enjoy your podcast way more than Locks. <laughs> What's your reaction to that, Ben? Well, listen, there's a reason we created this. It's because I don't like David Locke's podcast. So I'm I'm in the middle of liking Locke's podcast and not liking it. I, I listen to it for the show. But HR Spectre 19, thank you. We apologize for keeping you waiting last week. Um, it was kind of a rough time as far as timing goes for the holidays, and we did do an hour and 45-minute show, which nearly zapped our will to live for being frank i you know i was all right i felt fine. we did at least 20 minutes of work preparing for that oh <laughs> <laughs> but timing with christmas and everything else and a long podcast that's why we weren't on our regular schedule but we're back on now so mm-hmm. hr specter there you go secondly eagle eye four has become i would say our first organic listener um to the show so special call out for him um, we are planning or, or on her. keeping, or, or her. her, yeah, we're not going to assume who you are or what you identify as, but this podcast is honestly great. I love listening. I hope you guys go for a long time. And this person, Eagle Eye 4, also said they made it through the two-hour special, which I think so far is the first reported person that's ever been around for that. We have nothing but thanks to say. Uh, tell your friends, tell your family. Um all we can say is thank you. Uh, Eagle Eye 4, you're kind of the first organic friend of the show. HR Spectre, we'll see where you fall in next. We also have uh, two reviews from iTunes. Two reviews? I'm two aware reviews. of one of them. I'm yeah. not aware of two. Let's hear these. 
the first is from someone named Jazzy Girl. I think we both have an idea who this is. Jazzy Girl. Okay. Let's hear it. I try to keep up with the jazz to impress my husband, but now he is impressed with how much I know. Thanks, jazz friends. You heard it here first, folks. A couple weeks back, we got a non-jazz fan to watch a jazz game because of this podcast. And now, we are informing the spouse in a relationship who may not know enough about the jazz or pay attention really, really closely to know more than the other spouse. Thanks, Hannah. Thank you. Thank you. Jazzy Girl 14, thank you. Another one, I think this is from the same Eagle Eye. It's uh, The username is Eagle Yeet Eye. Better than Locked In Jazz. I think he means Locked On Jazz. Uh, <laughs> David Locke is a hack and a terrible orator. Five stars. Okay, there All you right. go. Well. Um, just to be clear, this podcast is not dedicated to bashing Locke. Um, he... I don't know if he knows that we're colleagues, but we're in the same market. Um, we're going to play nice, but we do dare to disagree, put it that way. And uh, we'll just leave it professional. We are very professional in this basement. Clearly. In, yeah, in our basement studio. That's what it is. Yep. Um, any more administrative things? No, but hey, keep keep sending us those responses. We loved hearing from you guys. We do have a milestone, and then we'll get into the show because we've been ranting for seven odd minutes on this now. Um, last show was actually our most popular listen to show yet. We um, achieved over the ninety listen mark. We are growing. Hop on the bandwagon. Hop on while it's hot. Um, leave us a comment. Let us know. We'll give you a shout out on the show. We'll consider you a part of the early family of the All That Jazz podcast. Um, and a general thank you to all of our listeners, not just those that comment all the time. Tell your friends, tell your family. We're available uh, anywhere podcasts are. You can also watch the show live on YouTube. If you search All That Jazz, um, we'll come up and you can see our faces. You can see our awesome basement studio and the John Stockton, Carl Malone, Team USA, Jerry Sloan backdrop that we use and you can also see our faces which i don't know if you want to or not exactly moving into the real reason you're here um (laughs) the utah jazz who Mm. currently are on a little bit of a win streak yep um since last week we have won all of our games we went on a road trip and over the last week we've played three we've beaten the chicago bulls 98 to 102 the Orlando Magic, who have won 96-109, to and the Pelicans last night in a real heart racer, 126-128. Um, this is the part where I talk about one Rudy Gobert, okay? And I have some thoughts on this. In the NBA, when someone makes a game winner, um, it's a step back three, it's Bojan Bogdanovic in the corner. It's all over Sports Center. James Harden travels, does his triple step back, foot shuffle, 500 move, and hits a three, game winner, right? Kevin Durant, because he's a cheat code, rises up above everybody else because he's 7'9 and can shoot the ball like a. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, that's all there is to say is, oh, it's just frustrating. <laughs> he hits a game winner, it's all over Sports Center. Steph Curry, the same thing. Rudy Gobert, in two out of three games, has hit the game-winning shot without shooting the ball. 
And what I mean by that is this man defensively is the very equivalent of James Harden, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, except on the defensive end. What he is doing defensively is almost harder than hitting a game-winning shot because he is not fouling people and stopping the game. He is ending the game by himself. And it is a walk-off home run. It is a grand slam. It is a game-winner. And I am pretty damn sick and tired of the world not seeing it. So this is kind of the beginning moments of our Rudy Gobert to the All-Star Game campaign. Um, I'm real fired up about it. I don't really care about the last two-minute call last night. I really could care less. The officiating in the Pelicans game was something else. There was a lane violation. There was text for smiling at each other. There was a whole bunch of stuff. And I really don't care about Brandon Ingram. Rudy Gobert called game. And he walked off the court before it was even over and said, I got you guys, game. Try a different approach next time. Ben, before I continue to rant, what are your thoughts? I don't want to rain on your parade, but apparently it was a foul, according to the NBA. Yeah, get out of town. I, <laughs> I, I had the opportunity recently um, at work. We had an NFL official come and speak to us. And I'm willing to bet there's some crossover into NBA official minds and NFL official minds in that they are not trying to be involved in the game. And an interesting thing was said to me, and one of my guys, Michael Jordan, who I hate and love all at once. I admire him, and what he did to the Jazz still gives me nightmares. He said something where he said, you can never blame an official for a game. There's a million things that happened before that that you could personally do to affect a game besides blame the officials. I 100% agree with that. Given the fact that maybe it was a little bit of a foul and they didn't review it or whatever, Rudy Gobert still called game. And I stand by that. What this man is doing defensively is so much more deserving of a Defensive Player of the Year award. The only thing I can think of is giving him the All-Star game. And I unfortunately don't think it's going to happen unless all 90 of our listeners hit the streets with us in a campaign to get him there. But I, I I don't really know what else to say about it. I mean, he literally changes the game to the same effectiveness as Steph Curry and James Harden on the defensive end of the floor. And he gets no recognition for it at all outside of one yearly award that people think Hassan Whiteside should get. Oh, who? what casual said that? People say that all the time, man. You get all that. Joel Embiid should win Defensive Player of the Year. Jo- Hassan Whiteside should win Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And it's like, you know what? Rudy Gobert is a defensive savant, and it's time to, to acknowledge that. All right. Hassan Whiteside, though? Sorry. Hassan Whiteside? I kind of made that up, but that was actually a popular thing a it year was. or two ago where people were like, Rudy Gobert's not that great. Look at what Hassan Whiteside's doing in Miami. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Just stop. It's not even close. Yeah, what did you think of the rest of that Bulls game? Oh. Um, moving on. Moving on. Well, you know, really impressed with the Bulls. I know. Shocking. Uh, their coach, a famous Utah or University of Utah college basketball coach. Infamous for you Utah fans out there, but some sort of famous nonetheless. Why can't I remember his name? Um, Boylan. Jim Boylan. Jim Boylan. Just a 
as old school as they come, as mean as they come, he's getting those guys to defend, and they they did a good job. I'll give them that. They did do a good job. I was impressed with their effort, and you know, I just went on a Rudy Gobert defensive rant. I thought our defense from the rest of the floor was a little bit suspect, but I also am willing to give credit where credit's due. The dudes hit shots. Zach Levine played well. Ugh. Um, Ugh. That's what I say to Zach Levine. Ugh. He, he played well, though, that night. Yeah, I know. I know. I, ugh. Uh, I'm trying to remember other guys that went off in that game uh, or who Chris, were impressive. Chris Dunn did a good Chris job Dunn did play well. defending Donovan. Um, Wendell Carter had a good game. Laurie Markinen had a really good game. He, was he had 18 points with 6 of 16. Um, Carter Jr. was seven of twelve with eighteen points. It's impressive. Yeah, he was he was a beast. I him he was tough. As and Levine else. really went off. I mean, he didn't go off. He had a bad. If if he if Donovan had this stat line, I'd be putting him on blast. He was nine of twenty six, three of eleven. He still had twenty six. <laughs> so I don't really know if he played well. Um, I'll hold him to the same standard, even though he's not the same player. Bulls game was impressive, though, and like I said, I think that the highlight of that for me was really Rudy just yeah, get out of my house. Well, the thing I'm liking about this is, like, the Jazz are showing different ways to win. They are, and it's impressive. I, I, I think also something to look at and maybe a trend over the last three games, I'd like to see how it goes in the coming weeks, is it, it feels like it's – it's Donovan's team, and he's the center point, but there's a lot more pieces involved mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. The scoring is much more spread out. It's it's Donovan at an efficiency. He's an efficiency monster over the last couple games. He's been unbelievable. Yeah. Really oh, my has. gosh. And he hits shots when you need him to, and that's what's so impressive. But what's even more impressive is everybody else is involved. Yeah, the Magic game too. If we're moving on, we can move on. Yeah, the Magic game to me, the thing I noticed was like that was the game. The bench showed up. The bench had been showing up recently about freaking time, but Niang had like an incredible game, which I've said before. If Niang doesn't hit shots, he's useless. When he hits shots, he's an NBA player. Well, that's a fair take. Basically, um, basically I'm saying in 17 minutes, Georges Niang was 5 of 8 from the field, and coincidentally, 5 of 8 from the three line. Guess how many points he ended up with? 15. 15. Yeah. Your math's right. Yeah. Um, pretty much everybody got involved in that game. And once again, I mean, you kind of look at the shot distribution, you look at who's involved doing what. Uh, Bogey didn't play particularly well. He only got 13 shots up, scored 14 points. Yeah, but I think. Uh, um, Joe Ingles was not a great night, but had 11, and that was Donovan's efficiency efficiency monster game where he was 14 of 21, mm-hmm. 4 of 7 from 3, 32 points in 35 minutes. That was, a, I mean. That was Donovan Mitchell, like, wow. Donovan Mitchell, folks. Yeah. I mean, Boyan, he was going through a little cold streak. I think last night, I think he saved it. I think last night is when he's coming back. Any highlights from the Orlando game before we move on? Uh, the thing I noticed, Terrence Ross destroyed us, it felt like. He, yeah. He was going back and forth. He was hitting everything. Um, to me, it's kind of like, hey, we we can still not play great and win games, which is something we haven't really had with the Jazz in a long time. Yeah, it feels like in years past we have, 
I mean, last year the, the narrative was we beat teams we should have beat. We couldn't beat teams that were better than us. The year before that, I think it was a little still- mix of both where we still had these breakdowns. But I think one of the things that is kind of a sign of maturity um, amongst Donovan and Rudy and even Quinn in the way that you prepare for a game when you win games that you have no business winning against teams that you should probably beat and you still end up winning. Mm-hmm. You think of like the Spurs dynasties. Do you ever think they had games like that? Oh, of course. You remember the Warriors, whenever they played us, we gave them a good game, but they always pulled it out. When we were playing at our best. Yeah. And I think the Jazz have taken more than their fair chance, or more of their fair share of shots on the chin. And shaked it off like they were rocky, and yeah. just moved straight forward. We all, I mean, the same thing about being teams under five hundred is kind of happening this year. I mean, ten of uh, the eleven teams of the last eleven games have been under five hundred teams. But I, and that's true. And last week we kind of talked about that. If you're going to credit the strength of schedule during losses, you have to credit the strength of schedule during wins. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I understand that. But I also think there's something to be said in what you learn during wins against bad teams. Mm-hmm. I think we're taking significant strides forward as far as a team progression standpoint. You need practice games. You're still playing NBA players, and we're winning, which is what is expected. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to win. I'm very happy. It's great. Especially, like, even last night in the Pelicans game, like, the Pelicans, I mean, we we weren't great defensively, but the Pelicans, they went off. Like, Brandon Ingram looked like poor man's Kevin Durant. Uh, he played phenomenal last night. Yeah, he was un- he was unreal, but, I mean, we can, you know, survive a game unscathed. Or, not unscathed. We can survive a game. Where someone has their career night yeah. and we still win. We still win. As long it's as nice. it's not Derrick Rose of last year that scored 50. <laughs> <laughs> you had to remind me of that. That was on uh, Halloween. I guess I did. It I was, was a, a nightmare. That's why it was literally a nightmare. <laughs> I was about to go to a party, and I was. And like, then it just sucked the life out. Yeah, it was like, oh, Derek Rose killed us. Last night's game was interesting, and it was kind of it Wait, was we, weird. I had a lot of stuff going through my head. We need to talk about favors too. We was that not emotional? Mm. I I they did a bunch of stuff pregame for him and. I was just like, man. And he he was good. Faze looks good. He looked good. Like, he looked strong. He looked explosive. He didn't have the best night. He was 4-7 with 9 points. 10 boards, 2 assists, 2. Defensively, he's, he was good. Yeah, I think Derek Favors is an unsung hero in the NBA. And I, yeah, I, I'm, he really is. I think he's a jazz man for life. I, I hope he retires as a member of the Utah Jazz. That'd be great. It would be. He deserves that. Um, last night's game, though... I had to watch it without the sound on because there was just a bunch of stuff happening in the house. Uh, had a kid that was crying. Had a My wife was trying to watch something. I was watching on my iPad. Had the game pulled up and just turned the sound off because... Yeah. Well, actually, it was weird, too, because it kept making this really weird high-pitched, like, eh, sound. Yeah, are we going to do the AT&T Sportsnet bashing right now? Um, yeah, before we move on to the next segment, I think we should, but I wanted to get through mm-hmm. a couple more Pelicans takes. I was a little bit upset that we let so many guys go off. Yeah, so my thoughts on that was, 
First half, our defense was yeah. Well, and it's like much as I want to credit Niang for, I, I'm almost there to, to issuing an apology to him because we yeah. ripped him and we ripped him good in November and December. I mean, we chated Jeff Green because we allegedly needed him to get more minutes, which I was shocked by. I was kind of shocked too. In the minutes I saw from him, I still remember. His Dirk Nowinski impersonation in early December, where I literally almost threw something through the TV screen, and it was a one-footed step-back fadeaway shot, and I was like, "If Georges, gorgeous Georges, his nickname from the show, if he is going to go out there and do that crap, I got no time for that." I also think save it for Warball Niang. Exactly. Um, ben sent me an interesting text last night. Oh no. And he said, the Pelicans salivate when they see Niang on defense. <laughs> and I, I, this is why it's a half apology. I appreciate his contributions because I also had a friend He's of the show, well. Cam Turnbull. We'll just say Cam. We won't reveal last names because we don't want people stalking him. With all 90 of our listeners. Cam, <laughs> friend of the show. Sent me a text and he said, "Hey, dude, just so you know, gorgeous Georges is shooting forty-six percent from the floor or from three, and that ranks fourth in the NBA amongst people that have taken seventy-five attempts or more." And then I said, "Well, I don't hate him." And then he went and found some receipts from early December where I said Georges is trash. And so, like, I'm in this weird state where I'm like being held accountable because I apparently I'm the media now. Yeah, we hate it. Why, why are you holding us accountable? Come on, man. Like, no one holds CNN accountable. <laughs> Nobody holds Fox News accountable. But apparently, we'll take it, though. We're the All That Jazz podcast. We <laughs> hold people. We're accountable. I, I'm issuing a half apology because I do think he is a liability on defense. So is Cam, like, the freezing cold takes of... He met Georges once. If you guys saw that video where there was this guy, and I don't want you to go find his name or whatever, but there was a guy on the floor. It was during a fan event, and him... Georges and George are like joking around laughing and he's wearing a nice shirt and Georges is like kidding around with them and stuff like so he's a personal friend of Cam's now. That's the that's the that's the point of all this. And so I, I feel Cam has the need to apologize or stand up for Georges. Um I don't understand how you can stand up for his defense. I do think he's a liability on defense. Which is fair because he is in the second unit, but hey, listen, when you, when you when there you, was like five times last night where I was like, they're gonna go straight at, at Georgia. So like, <laughs> yeah. any good coach is gonna do that. And I feel the way I feel the same way sometimes about Clarkson. Yeah, fair, fair point. Um, and I, so, I love Jordan Clarkson. I was the biggest fan of that trade, maybe in the history of the Utah Jazz. I still stand by it in saying trading him for Dante was GM brilliance. But, and squeezing water out of a rock. But but Zach, Dante Exum had a career high. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He scored 28 points. Woo! <laughs> and they still lost by 15 points to the Timberwolves. Woo! Do we want to get into that right now? I guess. Wait, 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 wait. We gotta com- I got to complain about AT&T Sportsnet. Okay, one thing at a time. So here's how we're going to do it. AT&T Sportsnet rant. Dante Exum scoring 28 points rant mm-hmm. on to the next. Yeah. Structured right. segments here, folks. There's a reason we have this podcast. It's because we enjoy the jazz. I We're en- fans, for we- hell's sakes. I enjoy the jazz. Fanatics. I'm watching the first half 
and it's like bugging out. It's it's skipping. It's I don't know what's going on. Where it like flashes the screen yeah. and then it cuts out. Yeah, it's cutting. It's skipping. It's like when you're what DVD players, you know, when you an old DVD that like cuts scratched. It's scratched. That's what was happening with AT and T Sportsnet. So I just want to say this: the Jazz. I like. I am so angry that you guys just need to fix it. Well, it's getting ridiculous. So I have some on? information in here, and the rant's Ooh. not over because last night my sound was messed up, and that might have been an internet thing because I was streaming onto my iPad. So I won't go full blown into that. I have another rant. AT and T Sportsnet for some reason, and I don't know where they got this. They do this view where they take it from the court that's like right. Ugh. It's like the normal view of a basketball game. And they go like to this courtside camera where you literally cannot tell what's going on. When you sit courtside, you can see what's going on because you're person. When you're watching at home and you don't have a complete in-person view of it all, you have no idea what is happening. And it's like all you see is a bunch of players standing on the floor. It's like it's just a jumbled mess out there. And they keep it there for like four possessions. What the hell? Just use the normal, like, it's not good. Do you need feedback on this, AT&T Sportsnet? Here's your feedback. Listen to the All That Jazz podcast. The courtside view camera angle, it sucks. It's got to go. Okay, moving on back to the to all this thing that you brought up about the Jazz having power to do something with AT&T Sportsnet. The way this works is they sign contracts with AT&T, and they, they pay the Jazz however much to streaming rights for the viewership of X amount of years. Mm -hmm. I believe that contract is up, and I don't remember if it is in 2020 or in 2021. It's coming up really, really, really close. Wow. I think I am making a prediction on this. I think the Utah Jazz are in a place, and if you look at the world of technology, typically what happens is... A small market picks up a piece of new technology, uses it, they work out the kinks, and then it's ready for mass consumption by the big markets. And I think the Utah Jazz are no different. I think we are in a place for the Utah Jazz where they may, and this is all speculation, they may go to a subscription-based independent from major TV, independent from everything else, stream it on YouTube, stream it on Facebook, Stream it on utahjazz.com, stuff like that. I think we're going to a day and age where that is becoming a possibility. And all I can say is for all you cord cutters out there, take like the Rudy Gobert All-Star campaign, hit the streets, hit the pavement, get on social media, talk about it because that's how change happens. Everybody tweet at um, Spencer Cox who has legislative powers. We have got to get rid of AT&T Sportsnet. And I don't mean it from the perspective of I think they do a crappy job. They do do a good job when they don't do courtside. And when the service doesn't cut out, I could care less who has the game or how we view it. I think Bowler and um, Harp or whoever joins them courtside, they do a good job. I don't have any complaints with them. But I do think we need to start taking care of the cord cutters. And I think we need to start taking care of those that maybe don't want to pay 150 bucks for DirecTV or Xfinity or whatever. There's enough of us out there that watch these games on Reddit or whatever else. 
because we're sick of paying it for it. And League Pass won't let you do anything with it either because we're in market. And maybe the NBA can take some liberties in saying, hey, 100 bucks, watch any NBA game for the year. That would be pretty spectacular, would it not? Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's my rant. Yeah. That's why That's why you listen to this podcast. To you get inside inform- information. Yeah. This is a... This is a different angle than your regular. I mean, locked yeah. on jazz. But on boom, 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 pow. I mean, obviously, subscription-based cord cut or like cord cutters need to be. There's not a way for cord cutters to watch. Yeah, they the need jazz. to be a piece. There's just simply not, and so you have to go watch through Reddit or through some stupid site that has it all up, where you get thousands of pop-ups and all that stuff, and it's maybe well, not the most legal way of doing things. And most times. They post a link from uh, League Pass, and you end up watching the game through not your home team's view. So you don't see Boulder. You well, don't see it's, the it's, Jazz coverage. You see the other teams. It's encouraging illegal streaming, if we're being honest. I just think it's time to, to, to think newly. And I think the Jazz actually look at how the, the arena is built, look at their social media. I think they are on the cutting edge of doing new things like that i just hope that they finally do it because i'd pay 15 bucks a month to watch jazz games yeah absolutely and i i don't know how the money works out because i think their contract was like 325 million dollars it was like a substantial deal and that's the bottom line for paying players and paying the bills but and i mean and it was like a five-year deal or something like that but i mean heavens i mean put it on kjazz let me let me watch it on public tv i mean Give us an option, folks. Um, anyone at the Utah Jazz listening to this, give us an option. If, yeah. They're not because we're still using their logo, and they haven't told us to take it down yet. Oh, I um, actually changed that, luckily. Oh, did you? Yes. New logo. I got an email. From? The Jazz. You did not. <laughs> I know, I did not. Okay, you got me going. <laughs> Good joke. Um, yeah. But anyways. About the Jazz. Moving back to the Utah Jazz and not About streaming basketball. things. Well, my Dante Exum take. If you still think that things were working when Dante was here, the proof is in the pudding. Jordan Clarkson has scored multiple games above 20 points. I don't think Dante Exum was ever going to do that for us. Even though he scored 28 in one game. Um, I heard a take. It was on the radio. So credit Tony Parks. Um, everyone's favorite jazz network because they are the jazz 1280 the zone um and he said something interesting that really resonated with me he said dante exum if you really think about it was drafted to a team that had no expectation we were in rebuild mode and we were and he got out on the floor and got some playing time um which was good for him and good for development's sake and then he goes on this injury streak where he's never healthy again he's not healthy through an off season and a season consecutively ever again and he doesn't really have the opportunity to take progression or to take steps in progressing in a game scenario, um, which is really where the nitty-gritty happens, where progression happens. And his take was Dante Exum is still in a place in his career where he needs to take baby steps. Do you agree with that? Yeah, except for the fact that Emmanuel Moody is in the same place or was well, in the same place coming in. Emmanuel Moody is a baller, though. Dante Exum is not a baller. You know what I mean? Like well, he, I he's mean, not I mean Emmanuel, it's like Yeah, he has moments, but also he does struggle with like 
decision making. Decision making. But the, the, they're two polar opposites of the spectrum here. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think it shows us a little bit of comparison that we can talk about. But anyways, the, just to finish up that take, the Utah Jazz are not in a position to let people take baby steps. Yeah. We're in a position to win now. So that's why we moved on from Dante. Mm-hmm. And I think that gives a little bit of clarity to all your friends at work that are still jabbing you. Look, he scored 28 points. We really could use that off the bench. We had him on the bench, and he did nothing. He was not playable. The Cavaliers are a piece of hot garbage where he can go and make mistakes. Yeah, He can go and... Do what he needs to do to score 28. And Kevin Love can be a diva about it. And Kevin Love can be a diva and talk about how he loves making $128 million and playing for a crappy team but still wants a trade. Can we just talk about that for like five seconds? And then we're getting back to Moutier. Kevin Love is not going to be on the Jazz. Yeah, just put an end. Thanks, Bleacher Report. That's Bleacher Report's fault because every time they're like. No, no, no. They're our Jazz fans. Well, and the Jazz fans read that crap. But every time it's like, destinations for Kevin Love, the Blazers, the Nets, the Lakers. I don't want Kevin Love on my team. The Clippers. The, I just don't. I don't want him either. Like, why do you need him? Do you need a 38-year-old to come get hurt for us? Like, that's not a <laughs> Oh, my hamstring. Oh, my shoulder. And it's like, geez, we've seen enough of this in our life. We don't need Kevin Love. We have bogey. We do. We play him there. We got a lineup that's great right now. Let's not mess with it. Um, so put an end to that. But anyways, Moutier and Exum. I feel like the polar they're polar opposites in that Dante Exum grew up in Australia. Um, thoughts go out to those that are affected by the fires down there. Where he was told he was the Australian best. Listeners. We do have Australians because of Joe Ingles. Um, and if you are listening down in Australia, seriously, be safe. Get some help. Um I think people here in the States are really concerned yeah. about you. Good day, mate. As Shaq okay. says, okay. put another shrimp on the bobby anytime he interviews Joe Ingles, yeah. which is TNT comedy at its finest. But to all our people in Australia, be safe mm-hmm. um, and good luck. Um, anyways, uh, Dante Exum grows up in Australia, and I really think this is how things went for him. He was told he was the best, and by and large, he was the best against the competition he was playing. He never really developed a true NBA game. And his, I would compare him to a lesser version of what Ben Simmons is. You know, where <laughs> Ben Simmons, like the way they played basketball was give the ball to them because they're better than everybody by tenfold. They blow by everyone and dunk it. Like that's kind of Ben Simmons' game. And there's like passing elements to it. That's kind of who Dante Exum is, though. But you know what I mean? It's like, ben, I'm athletically better than everybody. I'm just going to blow past you. But in the NBA, that doesn't work. Ben is like a point guard, though. Like He, he is. And like he, that, like, so he's forgive really my passer. comparison to that. Like I'm not saying Dante yeah, Exum is you? lesser Ben Simmons. How, but what how I'm dare saying you is, do that to one of the Bens? Growing up in Australia, that's probably how they were coached to play. It's like the AAU style. I mean, you're just better than everyone. So go out there and dunk it every play. And it does the player no favor. I th- but I think that's just kind of how things are. Like, and I think... Moutier, though, is the exact opposite of that. I think Moutier is... Well, he he played AU and he... Of course he did, and his coaches did him no thing. favor. But he, what I'm trying to say AU is... coaches do no one any favors. What I'm trying to say is, Moutier has a jump shot. You watch him shoot, and you're like, this guy watched YouTube highlights of 
Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and watch someone to properly shoot in like the game he plays like he shoots jump shots he shoots fadeaways he hits layups he hits threes he can play basketball like in a pickup game and be effective and then he goes and it's kind of like a street ball-esque sort of take in his basketball play does that make sense and I'm not saying like dribble hot sauce you know the spider or whatever that dude's name was or Mm -hmm. And the and one mixtape tour. It's not like that, but I think it's kind of like uncontrolled balling, if that makes sense. Dante Exum doesn't do that. It's like I'm gonna catch the ball and try to dribble to the hoop and dunk it or throw up a layup. Or mm-hmm. I shoot an open three when no one's within thirty feet of me because they thought a timeout was called and they're walking to the bench. That's how open he has to be to hit a three. Do you see what I'm saying with that? Yeah, I think um, and I think I think Moutier is in need of coaching, but I trust him a lot more on the floor than I ever did Dante. I trust him to get in there and score some buckets, and he's a he's a bucket getter. That's it. that's what I guess I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I mean X. So Exum came into the league. He was raw. He was an athlete. Very raw. So he does. He's not skilled by any means. And I think the injuries and he hasn't really had any healthy off seasons. I know I'm making excuses, but. It is fair to point out that he really hasn't had an opportunity to get better, so he's been the same. And he's not as, I mean, I don't think he's been ath- as athletic as he was, you know, because I think those injuries have uh, piled up. I, I think that's true. Did my, did my analogy there, my comparison from Moutier to Exum make sense at all? A little bit, I think. I personally, you're I, looking at me like I'm a crazy person. Not really. No, you no. are. That means we've just lost listeners. <laughs> no, no, no. I my point is like I think guys are just different, and I think Moutier is just more naturally skilled. That's probably it. And that's what I'm trying to say in lesser words. Is it looks like he grew up playing American basketball? Oh, you're you're prejudiced now. <laughs> no, it's just different. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not in Europe or America, you're probably not playing basketball. The the NBA style. And I I think that's probably a better way of saying what I was trying to say in fewer words. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you make of all this on the Moutier topic? All this, we need to trade Moutier. Wow. Um, Because there's a lot of that flying around right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty against it. I really am. Because, listen... When he signed here, he was a reclamation project. Of uh-huh. reclam- is it reclamation? Is that, did I say that right? Not really good with words. I, I don't even know what that means. It, so You know, he was a distressed asset. He needs, yes, he's looking to reinvent himself. And he wanted to play with uh, his agent, B.J. Armstrong, played a point guard for the Bulls in the 90s, um, even though I wasn't alive. I know, I'm young. Uh, he wanted him. To go to a stable organization with a legit point guard. And who do we have? Mike Conley. Mike Conley. And we also have a guy named Quinn Snyder. But I I, I think Tony Jones wrote in his article that the Jazz love Moutier because he's been very eager and willing to learn and improve, which I don't think is a shot towards Exum, but I never heard any of that about Exum. I just don't think mentally – he was always focused on rehab. And I don't want to mm-hmm. defend Exum. I want to focus on Moody. Yeah, we got to stop He doesn't even play for the Jazz. Why? I mean, his island's Why gone. Why are we this? talking about it? Get out of here. Anyways, Moody A, I, I agree with that. And I think, I think we've seen progression from him early on. And I think he's learning 
I've seen a little bit more efficiency from him, and I and I really like that. I like he's been decisive. He had well, and not to mention the fact when you do need him to go get buckets, he's going to go get buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hasn't really done anything recently where that stands out that I'm like, "You idiot! Like, don't do that!" You know, he still has that was the total wrong play. Yeah, like early in the early in the year, that was happening a couple times. <laughs> Remember when we talked about it? If he could only think, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, it's like only Trubisky. Think, it's nothing like Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> have some like court awareness or field awareness or something. Like yeah, but I think we saw that a little bit like in the earlier of the year. And recently, I've kind of noticed that he's been a little bit more like, I'm not going to make a stupid pass. I'm going to let the offense flow. I'm mm-hmm. going to make the extra pass and get the ball movement going instead of driving it to the hole and taking a yeah. contested layup by three people. You know, mm-hmm. and we saw that early in the year. We're not really seeing that now. Uh, but also, I think huge progression step. The way the bench is playing better, I think it's kind of like we. I feel like we play as our bench plays as good as Moutier plays. So when he has a bad game, I feel like our bench doesn't really have a good game either. Well, I think Jordan Clarkson alleviates a lot of that. Yeah, because I, I think guess. he's a calming presence on the floor. Like, and here and here's my final thought on Moutier. And then we can move on to the bench. I lost it. What was oh. I talking to you about pre-show? Oh, Moutier. Uh, yes, yes. Um, Moutier. Don't ask him to be a point guard. Don't ask him to be a shooting guard. Don't ask him to be a three. Just let him get out there and ball. Mm-hmm. And he's going to do the right thing. You know, yeah. and you see the floor kind of work. You see Clarkson bringing up the ball, mm-hmm. not Moutier. You still see him in, like in the offense. You still see him on the. He's hit a couple threes. You've seen him on the three. You've seen the spin cycle going, or the the you know Speed put him in the blender is is it's been coined. He's got the mid range. And, and exactly, he does have a pretty decent like mid range game and ability to finish around the rim. Um, and so that's where I think like I think his value is is if like you want him to be a point guard. He can kind of do that, you know. But he's not—he's not best suited for that yet. He's learning that. Mm-hmm. Put him on the floor next to Clarkson, who can be a calming presence, who can initiate the offense, who can handle pressure on the ball, and get the offense going. And I think he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. And I don't think we should trade him because why? What it's do we officially need to get a back? hot take to want to trade Moutier right now. Well, I, I just don't know what we're getting back. Like, well, and what and do you what, want back? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I guess that's easy to say in the middle of a – how many games have we won? Is it nine or uh, ten no, in a row? Ten, or Eleven of the last twelve. Eleven of the last twelve. Uh, you yeah. know, it's been – we're on fire. Why, why would we make changes? Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Clarkson has continued to be a welcomed spark off the bench. Mm-hmm. We, I, last night's game, I don't think was his best game. He he didn't play particularly well last but, night, but I think for what we're we not need, asking him to play, average we don't 20 need twenty a night. Yeah, you know, I mean, He's, we we need it, but we don't. We're like, we can't expect it. it. Exactly. Um, I think he's been. I, I still stand by it. I think it's GM brilliance yeah, that it was we got trade. Dante I think it was for trade. that. Um, any other thoughts from the last week or the state of the Utah Jazz? I keep on going back to Tony Bradley and interesting. I don't know why because it's been a really interest I just never thought this would happen. The fact that he's kind of become the backup center. We gave Ed Davis not we didn't give him a minimum. We gave him the what's that thing called? The he, we gave him the mid-level. 
or a, some, we get some little extension, some piece. mid-level thing. Um, I need to stat correct you. Last night Clarkson was fantastic against the Magic. He was very not noticeable. What did he do against the Pels? Last night he was six of eleven for the four, four of seven from three with sixteen points in twenty-five minutes. Huh. He also got a rebound, an assist, and two fouls. Yeah, I was noticing more. Maybe I just saw his misses. I was, again, AT&T Sportsnet, thanks. I was a little bit in and out of the game. Last night he was spectacular and probably a reason why we won, now that I think about it. I think, I mean, it was a really good performance. Yeah, it was. It was the uh, Orlando game that he had like seven points and had an off night. But I think Clarkson has been some glue to the second unit that's kind of held it together. Yeah, I mean, and it also doesn't hurt that Niang is – the best shooter in the NBA now. Fourth best. Fourth best. Amongst those that have taken 75 attention yeah. more. Georges Curry Niang. <laughs> Holy hell. Yeah. I'm Words I never thought I'd hear. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, we were talking about Ed Davis and uh, um, yeah, who's I, still not played and so Tony did, Bradley. Did you read the article about Ed Davis? I did not. Where was that? In the Athletic? Uh, no, no, no. It was in the Tribune. What did they have to say? I'm not going to read it all, but there basically it was his quote. He said it was talking about how he's been doing with not playing. Uh-huh. He said, I'm as professional as you can be, as positive as you possibly can be in this situation. Financially, I'm good. It's just basketball. I'm a happy person. I'm never negative, never down on my state, so I really don't trip on these things. There are bigger things in life to worry about than getting traded or not playing. So I listen. I the Jazz have a type, and it's always kind of been that really good off the court presence. I mean, we traded for Mike Conley, who I am pretty sure some people have called a saint. But like, I it makes me appreciate having these guys in the locker room because it brings me back to this Kevin Love thing, where he's screaming at the GM and he's pissed off on the court. And right there, the the Cavaliers are trying to, you know, rebuild. They're trying to get their young guys to play better, and their their veteran is freaking out and not like not respecting anyone. And it's probably just horrible for the young guys to see. Um, now that you say that, I did see that quote, mm-hmm. that article. It was just not in the Tribune. It was taken from the Tribune and somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think reading between the lines, what he's saying is, I really want to play, but I'm a pro. Oh, pro. yeah. yeah. Uh, who doesn't want to play? Everybody does. And that, and that's kind of the point you're illustrating is we do have a type, and we wouldn't bring a person in here that's going to go nuts. Yeah, Kevin Love. And uh, <laughs> I'm just going to – I just haven't like – The Kevin Love of the Jazz thing was so two years ago. I mean – So <laughs> – yeah, I, I was guilty of putting together multiple trades that involved Derek Favors, which I repented of, and Dante Exum for Kevin Love to get him here. And I'm over it. it, it just get over it. We do not need Kevin Love. Um, but anyways, mm-hmm. Ed Davis, I I don't know. Like last week we talked about how we still had hope for him. I thought we'd see him in some minutes over the last week, and we just haven't. But once again, why change a broke or a thing that's not broken? I don't. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah, and that we're we're rolling right yeah. now. Yeah. So that's that. Tony yeah. Bradley's looked well too. I mean, he's yeah, he's, he's done his best. Once I mean, again, he hasn't pissed me off. That's which, all we want. That's all we want from. Him. Yeah. I think we also need to talk about Joe. Joe is 
Joe's back to being freaking Joe. <laughs> Joe is back. Last night when he made that little like fake out move, it was the first play of the game <laughs> where he went and like pump faked under the basket, came back and then hit like this spinning like reverse off the glass layup. You texted me and you're like, Joe's dropping fifty tonight. I, I did. That was like my thought was like this is just gonna be a Joe Ingles night. Like, here we go. Um, the funniest part though was how I think all the teammates of the Pelicans like just stared at the guy that that happened to. <laughs> I don't know if you saw uh, that, but like that, nothing, I think it was Ingram. Nothing would be more but embarrassing. If it wasn't Ingram, it was Lonzo Ball, which was funny. But like it happened, and it was like one of those things where like everybody in the arena knew that that was the most embarrassing thing that could have happened to that poor defender. I, like you he, got Joe Ingled, bud. You got jingled, baby. You got jingled, baby. Yeah. Eagles was good. He was 8 of 12 last night, 4 of 5 from the 3 of 22 points. So he didn't quite score 50, but he did torch them. Yeah. yeah. I love having, Joe Ingles. Having Joe Ingles and Boyan on the same team is oh, hilarious to just watch them torch people. Because guys are like, these, come on. My favorite thing, too, is when Joe turns around and blows kisses to someone in mm, the crowd. Yeah. It's, it's, welcome back, Joe. We needed you. This Thanks. is what we've needed. You've been back for about a month. It feels great. He's back. He's back. I love it. It's fantastic. Any other thoughts, and then we'll move into uh, the the uh, the game show segment of the show. I think we got to talk about all star voting really quickly. Oh yes, the campaign, and then we'll move into our show. Find your kids. Find your wife. Find your mother. Find your father. What about your sisters? Find your sisters. What about your brothers? Find your brothers. Aunts, uncles. Find literally everyone. Steal their phone, vote so you can vote on a different device so you can get Rudy Gobert some votes. I don't even care about anyone else on the Jazz, even Mitchell. He's getting his fair share because he's flashy. Get Rudy some votes because he deserves it. 100%. The way that this works in other media is they get in on the fan vote. It's a load of crap because that's why Carmelo Anthony is ahead of Rudy Gobert in the votes and ahead of many other people, by the way. Yeah. Does anyone want to see that? Does he want to see a geriatric has-been in the NBA playing in the All-Star game? We saw it last year. Blah! Dirk and Dwayne. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. You know, it, it, Carmelo Anthony is like this the most respected player in the history of the NBA, apparently. He I deserves to be on Team USA. He deserves to be a champion. He deserves... Oh. Can I tell you what he deserves? What you work for. And right now, it is... As we saw last week, staring off Dame and calling him off and trying to put up a shot over Rudy, <laughs> which gets blocked. Yeah. The third game winner that Rudy's hit. Stat correction. Speaking of ball hog, and this isn't net directly related, but we need to talk about Boyan's stat line. Oh, we forgot that. 35 yeah. and 0 <laughs> I, like, we needed it. I, I know Boyan. Not, Boyan's not, not a ball hog at all. I don't even think that was a ball hug game, but like that's just such a cool stat line. Like, it is. It just it's a is. once in a lifetime thing. It's, I don't think cool. Bogey will ever have another game where he goes thirty five points, yeah, zero board, zero assists, zero. Yeah, it's whatevers. it's way cool. So there you have it. Yeah. Um, vote for Rudy. Um, I want everybody to take time during their day at work, wherever you are. Vote for Rudy Gobert. We need to get him in. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Moving on to our Jimmy Fallon-esque 
game show, which is a lot of fun for us because it, it gives us something to think about. Hopefully it's fun for you guys too. Hopefully it's fun to listen to. Put yourselves in the minds of your hosts and play this game show with us. Mm-hmm. This is a new one. We've played two tweets in a lie. We've put on Coach Quinn's cap, which is another one. Done the crystal ball. We've done the crystal ball. We've also done What Does David Locke Mean, which is a fan favorite. we got to come back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is a new one. It's called... Ben, I'll let you introduce it. I don't know yet. <laughs> you put We're it working spot. it. It's 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 called our uh, biggest surprises and least surprises. Yeah, biggest surprise, least surprise. We'll think. I'll think of a better name than that. Yeah, but that, that's right now. That's what it and is. It's a chance for us to kind of look back on the week and be like, you know what, that actually blew my mind, or you know what, this doesn't blow my mind at all. Yeah. So I was thinking we could, since we haven't done it, let's just do it. For the season so far. Okay, go. So what surprises? So, the most surprising thing for me, um, there's a lot of things. One, I think I'm going to go with uh, Ed Davis not being good. Okay, that is a huge surprise. It was huge for me because when we signed him, I thought, you know what? Good. He's a great center. He's just going to help He's us He's 80% win. of Derek Favors at 20% of the cost. Yeah, yikes. 30% of the cost. But Wh- Whatever's happened to him, I don't know. Get better, Ed Davis. We, I, I want him to play bad, better, not bad. I want him to be better. Uh, I'm just a little surprised because I, I just thought he was going to fit in seamlessly, and it hasn't happened so far. Least surprising moment for you? Um... I think Don shocked some people, not me, but I'm actually going to go with Rudy because if you really were like are surprised by Rudy being dominant, like come on. Where have you been? Seriously. Welcome to planet Earth. Mhm. Um, you got it. Both are good segments or good takes there. Um, let us know what your thoughts are on that. Mine are biggest surprise for me. And this is also like not really a surprise, but it was a surprise. And this has nothing to do with the team necessarily, but it is the fans. Our expectations were white hot coming into the year. And you look at where this team is and what they survived early on while not playing good. That was the biggest surprise to me. I knew we were good. We faced some adversity. As fans, we all jumped on their back for not playing well. We really struggled. I am just surprised at how well it went. If you really think about where we came from the last two years, where we'd go on these five-game lose streaks and we'd be 20 games under 500 and have to win 30 in a row at the end of the year to get back, we're not in that position right now. And as I look at their record and where we're standing, we're contending for fourth and fifth in the in the um, West, and we're only going to get better throughout January. We could very well possibly see this team up on the three or two seed by the end of the month. It blows my mind. Um, and I think that's a that's a huge kudo to the team. I think it actually speaks volumes for how good we really are when we're good when we're not supposed to be. We haven't figured it out and all that stuff. Um, the As far as the least surprise the least bit surprised what does not blow my mind one bit i think is donovan mitchell um great pick i and i know that's an easy one i think 
And what, what I'm going to attack on this piece is Donovan's leadership and his own criticism of himself. That's a great one. That does not surprise me one bit because it is his character. And what I mean by that is I think we're seeing a maturity come from him where he is honestly asking himself what is best for the team. And he's going out and doing that. He still could be going 11 of 27 from the floor. Mm-hmm. He still could be putting up 9 of 29 and you know getting his, as they say. But we're not seeing that. What we're seeing is a Donovan Mitchell that has matured to the point where he says, I could go for 35 or I could go for 22. I'm going to go be efficient, and that is my, that is my gain. That is the team's gain. I'm going to get my teammates involved, and that's the Donovan Mitchell we're seeing. And that doesn't surprise me the least bit. Yeah. Let us know what your thoughts are, um, not only on how the segment goes, but what has blown your mind and also what is not a surprise at all. Hit us up in the Reddit streams. Let us Leave us a comment somewhere. Reach out and let us know um, what you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So remember to vote for Rudy Gobert, please. Yeah, everybody get off your butts and vote for Rudy. He needs us. He's probably going to have to be a coach's pick anyway, but let's get the momentum going. Show our guys some love. Yep. Any closing thoughts? Uh, we're playing well. we got to play better. We let's look at the next uh, couple games coming up. We play tomorrow night against uh, the New York Knickerboppers. Uh, yeah. They're good. Uh, <laughs> we also play Friday against the Hornets, and then Sunday, ooh, a one thirty game. Sunday at one thirty against the uh, Washington Wizards in Washington. This this Sunday. This Sunday, mm-hmm. we might have some other things to do, but we can pregame. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Packers, Seahawks, Packers fan, Ben's a Seahawks fan. Yeah, rough week. Um, go Pack. Go Hawks, baby. Anyways, uh, then we finish with the Nets on Tuesday. Um, and that gets us through the next week. So next week's show, it's a 5.30 show. Maybe we can do a pre- or a post-game show. Those seem to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what's coming up. I I expect us to win. Unless we have a hiccup, I kind of think we should win all those games. Yeah. Please. I don't know how long don't, this win streak will don't, go, but don't, don't lose to the Knicks or the Hornets or the Wizards. Please. No. Yeah. No. Please, no. Just don't put me through that. Anyways, go Jazz. We hope you're all well. Um, Continue to listen to the show, and we will catch you next week. Go Jazz.